UK Motor Talk. Well, hi everyone. We are back again. I'm Mike. I'm Graham. In the absence of Jim, possibly, he may follow. I'm Jim. I just thought I'd let uh, I'd let age go before beauty. Mm. <laughs> Jolly kindly. We are UK Motor Talk, or at least some of us. Unfortunately, David can't be with us this evening. What have we been up to, guys? I know what you've been up to, Jim. <laughs> well, we've uh, we've done a track day, haven't we? Recently, when did we do that? That we was uh, that was last Friday, wasn't it? And that was. Uh, a, uh, an afternoon out at uh, Goodwood, very civilised, but what a uh, what it a was. That's hilarious. That track, I love it. It's brilliant. There's a few things I need to, to cover off to start here, and that is that yes, they are a bit more expensive than normal, but it's the first track day I've been to where they have someone hosting off you tea and coffee. You have the the use of yeah, the, free, the Jackie Stewart Pavilion all day, and then an incredible lunch, really very good. So, so some properly. Tasty sausage rolls, and they were they were very good, weren't they? Yeah, I do so, need to uh, to visit the Goodwood shop at some point and buy about three thousand four hundred and eighty two of those to sing me through the next year. And, and some brie and and uh, red onion tartlets, and oh man, the food was was really good. It it took <laughs> track day up a notch, um, and you'd almost wonder whether they'd they'd aim to try and keep the the tracksuit and hoodie crowd out. Unfortunately for them, we turned up. Well, I did turn up in a tracksuit, didn't I? And I did turn up in a hoodie, partly because it was so cold, I had to wear every single item of clothing I owned. And in fact, it was so cold that halfway around the track, what happened? It snowed. It did. It snowed. Coming out of St Mary's and it's sleeting and then snowing sideways. I'm like, great, this is going to make it entertaining halfway around, isn't it? Yeah, only, only sort of snowed for about 10 seconds, though, didn't it? And then, I mean, it rained every now and again, you, and again only for about 10, 15 seconds. Uh, but the uh, the track stayed nice and bone dry all day, didn't it? So mm. that was good. Yes. It's an, an epic track, except for one one big surprise, wasn't there? <laughs> we were both in the car and all of a sudden it was... <gasps> Pheasant! 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 And, uh, well, actually, no, was, I think it was the same pheasant twice, wasn't it? He, he ruined it was the two same of my laps, twice. That, that pheasant. Um, and then on the uh, on the cool-down lap, he was just sat there on the infield in the grass staring at me as if to say, ah. Little pheasanty insert word here. Yes. Beep. So they didn't keep the peasants out, and they certainly didn't keep the pheasants out either. So there we were at Goodwood. If you want to see a bit more of that, incidentally, have a look at our YouTube channel, because we will chuck something up there in due course about our day at Goodwood and some of the things that we saw there as well because there was some quite interesting machinery there wasn't there uh, yeah I've just about finished editing the uh, videos that we uh, that we shot on the cameras in the car so uh, there'll be a couple of those going up on uh, on YouTube and, and I have some of the stuff from outside the car including a, a number of cars that we saw there one one guy really did surprise me though first first track day um, had driven from Hartford down to come and have a go around in his Audi A4 B7, two-litre uh, petrol estate, uh, which was just a completely random, just a road car um, with some fancy-looking brakes on it. Yeah, I mean, fair play to the bloke. He'd never done anything like it before in his life and decided, why not? Yeah, just sort of turn, turned up in uh, in corduroy slacks, barber jacket and a scarf, and his, and his missus was just sat in the passenger seat, I think reading a book whilst they were queuing up, uh, waiting to go out into the pit lane. 
Um, it was, yeah, just a, a complete change of normal pace, to be fair, wasn't it? But there was a, a really good mix of cars there as usual. There was a, uh, a lot of racy-looking MR2s out in the morning. Um, yes. They thinned out as the day went on. There was John from Forensics Detailing Channel fame on YouTube. He was there in his BMW M4, uh, looking rather shiny, uh, looking a bit less shiny by the end of the day. It was covered in many bugs and bits of dirt and bits and pieces, but he looked like he was having fun. Um, really nice bloke to chat to as well, really, really friendly. Uh, but that was, that was just the general vibe, wasn't it? Everybody was yeah. just in a really good mood and having a really good time. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting format, really, good because you spend a lot of time in the car queuing up. You queue up to get into the pits, and then you queue in the pits to go out. So although they'd said you get three 15-minute sessions, that's not quite how it works out, is it? You just queue up as many times as you like. And if you have any designs on going back out again, you might as well just queue up again. Yeah, I think so. we we got an if if you've uh, if you've parked up and then run out to the loo or go and do whatever you've gone to do. If uh, if the queue sets off, then people just go round you, so you don't actually lose yeah. your place in the queue, so to speak. No, but it was yeah. I think we ended up getting uh, four runs. Do we get four or five runs in? It was five runs, wasn't it? But we we could have had one five. more. To be fair, yeah, we got five. Could have had one more, but we managed to use an entire tank of fuel in an afternoon, which is, uh, which is yes. quite thirsty for the, uh, the mighty Fiesta, isn't it? I think it's because approximately 98% of the lap is at full throttle uh, with a couple <laughs> yes. of heavy braking events, and uh, that's it. But it's a bloody quick track in places, isn't it? Very it's, a, fast. it's a very, very quick circuit. One of the, uh, in its day, one of the fastest, I think, in the, in the country. I've been around there uh, a number of times over the years, and uh, sat alongside some uh, some pretty impressive drivers over the years. Clang and, uh, alert! Yeah, well, why not? You know, I've done. Go on, drop some names, Graham. No drop us some them. names. Go on. Well, okay, all right. Um, uh, Derek Bell going into the final corner Bang. before the chicane, saying, "Oh, I think the brakes may have gone." You know, well, <laughs> they, awesome. they they hadn't, but I mean, it's, 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 these guys are also experienced at what they do, which is why I love going around with them. It, they're, they're all completely laconic about the whole thing. They've seen this, they've done this over so many years. They just get faster and faster and faster. Probably my nemesis was was uh, Johnny Herbert in the D-Type from 57 Le Mans. Wow, that's cool. I went out in an open-face helmet with shades on. <laughs> it was a very, very bright day. And ended up looking like Biffo when I came back in because I had two black eyes. And uh, Johnny Herbert got a bollocking from the marshal. Said you weren't supposed to go out there with any any passenger without a full face helmet. Well, yes. it gave everybody a chuckle. Well, I think we probably got up to about 110. That's kind of the speed we were doing. So not huge speed, but huge enough for our, our little Fiesta. And uh, unquestionably, we had a lot more commitment than some of the other guys on track. There was a, a, a 911 GT2 out there. Quick. On the straight, um, but definitely being careful through the corners because what well, you lapped him, Jim, didn't you? And I certainly passed him a couple of times through the course of the day. Yeah, I did. Well, he was uh, he was behind me uh, in uh, in that run because I was the front of the queue for the uh, one run that I did. So he must have been behind me when we all set off. And uh, yeah, I did manage to catch him up and, and overtake him. So yeah, but I know it's a, a track day and there's no prizes for lap times or number of laps completed or anything like that but i was i was quite chuffed to have got round an extra lap in the time it took him to do however many laps we did in that session there is a with with, with any day like that though there's a huge diversity of experience uh, and some guys who 
just along for a bit of fun, and others who do just take it a little bit more seriously and have the machinery to do so. Mm. It was a good, uh, good learning curve. The, uh, you know, the the first lap out or the first run out that we did was, uh, but you know, we'd we'd watched a few videos, haven't we, and a, a few circuit guides. But of course, until you get Watch there and one. actually get in the car, it it looks uh, quite a bit different. Uh, and it's a very different thing when you're doing it. And um, we'd uh, fitted new brakes to the car a week before, so I was still sort of I'd, I'd done some mileage to try and bend them in, but the first run was still just bedding them in that little bit more, I think. Um, but they were certainly well bedded in by the end of the day, judging by the amount of brake dust that was all over the wheels. Mm. We've had a bit of an upgrade actually in that regard. So we're running um, standard discs as the race guys do, um, but Mintex um, race pads. And we've also fitted uh, ducting. So from behind where the fog lamps used to go, there's now a 3D printed mount with hoses that go through to a mount, which we made ourselves and mm, had welded impressive. together. Yeah, oh yeah. You say oh, we yeah. made it. We we bought the bits and then showed the technician in the workshop what we wanted to look like after he'd finished welding it, if you didn't mind awfully, please. And and he did it. It's always handy to know somebody who can weld. To be fair, we cut everything down and we ground it, made it all fit and... Now it now ducks the head directly behind the back of the discs, and it seems to have done the job. I say we it seems to have done the job. Uh, we also fitted a power steering cooler because that kept overheating and bubbling up all over the place. Um, truth be told, it was two degrees, so we have no idea really whether it worked or not. But it 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 was fine <laughs> when it was two degrees outside and snowing. Well, after after a run, you could go back and you could lift the bonnet and just quite happily hold the power steering bottle for the first time yes. in a long time. You know, in in fact, if you had a cup of tea served to you that temperature, you'd want to gulp it down a bit quick. So it's either really effective, or yeah, when it's snowing, that helps keep things cool as well. But uh, yeah, everything help, everything ran well, apart from a slightly concerning noise from the driver's side rear, which we're not quite sure what it is yet. So we'll have to go and investigate that. And this time, I think I might have broken it. Um, in, in a turn up for the books, this is unusual. Um, this was, there was some very heartbreaking going into, I think it was St. Mary's. And I thought, hmm, this, this feels a little bit irregular at the back. And so it, it's almost like it's picked up a stone at the back. Or maybe the caliper's just broken now and it's just sticking a bit or something. I'm not entirely sure, but I think we're going to need to strip that down and have a look and see what's going on. Because uh, it, yeah. it, isn't, it isn't quite right. But I went back to Goodwood the next day um, because I, I enjoyed myself so much and took the boy for one of the Say World track days, which was superb fun. Just the lad and I, and, and we had a good old look around the cars and appear through the windows and such. Wander down onto the onto the track, and he, he really enjoyed himself. Had a great time watching things fly around. But my goodness, some of the cars, Peter had his Senna out there. And uh, well, as it went past, I just did a full-on Jesus as it just shot straight down um, past the tower. At goodness knows what speed. Goodness knows. It, it picks up so much pace, that thing. It's got, it must have been accelerating sort of two to our one, I reckon. That, it was very, very fast indeed. But excellent to see these things out on track being used and raising some money for charity, of course. It's for the uh, Snowdrop Trust this time around. Um, yeah, he does, uh, he does get them all out on track regularly, doesn't he? And uh, he does. As you say, although they all sit in uh, in garages or barns, etc., and, and he does pamper them and look after them and wander around and look at them of an evening with a glass of wine, I'm sure. At least they do actually get wheeled out, dusted off every now and again and thrash around a track, which is uh, is superb. But that's much course. less common these days. People that own uh, cars of that nature are, are much less about lending them out for charity days and taking Joe public for charity days and, and so on. And it was just great pity. Well done, Peter, for, for doing that and anybody else that does that. We thought just for a, just for a chuckle, we could say to Peter, 
next track day out, shall we bring the Fiesta along and we'll take people out in that? Just just for a giggle. Well, you know, we we figured if it, if it makes a fiver or a tenner a person or something, then it, that certainly adds up and it goes to great causes. I mean, he he's he's had a number of um, number of track days for a number of courses, including Snowdrop for the local hospitals, for example, have all benefited from his giving. He's done a lot of um, philanthropic work, and you can only really applaud that, can't you? And if if it's something that we all enjoy, it's in a shared interest. Why why not? Well, I will I I will quite happily wheel the Fiesta along and spend all day belting around for anybody who wants to put anything in a charity bucket. It sounds like a good day out to me. Yes, you put a pound in your slot and you're anybody's for something like that, aren't you, really? When it comes to things like that, yes. Did Peter get his um, his Zonda sorted after that little incident? He did, and it was out on track. Um, Good. Good. So, yeah, yeah. the Zonda these days, Pagani Zonda's, uh, what, a couple of million, I should think? Somewhere that sort of order? Between two and three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but what a thing. I think the, the, the mirrors are actually worth more than my car. Memory serves. I think they're about seven grand a piece. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, and there's some electric stuff there as well. And that was absolutely flying around. A couple of Tigans that were just absolutely showing some of the some of the petrol stuff. A clean pair of tyres. They really were just gone. And it's it's they have their own sound flying around. It wasn't really expected to make any noise at all. But you do get that's an interesting sound out of them. It's like a it sounds like a whoosh of building pressure. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. You do well, notice it, it, it flies radio past. Radio control cars make a noise don't they so there's no reason an electric car shouldn't make a similar noise yeah yeah talking of uh the the senna dave and i were sort of corresponding earlier both of us quite by accident caught the rerun of the senna movie on a uh, one of the smaller channels and i i saw most of it it was um it was quite quite tragic uh hmm. what happened to him but i it's just i particularly we commented uh both he and i on the look on Adrian Newey's face and and um, Frank Williams' face uh, after the events, and um, I was saying, if you read uh, Adrian Newey's autobiography, uh, he deals at some length with the being there and the ramifications of being there, and the fact that they were both technically under arrest, and the the changes that had been made to the car uh, that morning, so were were uh, untested, uh, sadly, mm. but. Um, but the 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 Senna film, I I remember seeing uh, Murray's coverage on the BBC, and how uh, carefully they cut away. Um, but in the film, of course, it's uh, I think it's Italian TV coverage, which is mm. is graphic in um, in all of its details and um, very it's sad, horrific. Very sad day. I, yeah. I I was about five, I think, or, or something similar when it happened. I'm sure it was, it was what ninety ninety three was it. Uh, 94. 94, 94. 94 1st so of seven. May, 94. Um, and I, I, the first time I'd seen it was watching that, that documentary, and it was a definite I'm not crying, you're crying moment watching that. You know, mm. It, mm. it is, it, you know what's coming. Uh, oh, actually, what I say, you know what's coming. I, I didn't really know what was coming because I hadn't seen it, because I'd deliberately not watched it, because I, I'd always mm. thought it was so tragic. And there, there are so many so many drivers over the years and thankfully not so much these days that have had these horrific crashes and obviously not not been able to not been able to survive them frankly i mean if you look at more recent crashes grosjean for example uh, and there there have been crashes obviously more recently than that where you think how the hell did someone get out of that how mm. how is that mm. even possible mick schumacher's crash recently you know yeah absolutely yeah, exactly. very very high speed crash 
spectacular yeah. in terms of the car shedding bits. But, you know, after a brief pause to catch his breath, he was up and walking. Yeah. It's quite astounding to me. There's been so many developments. If you look at um, the likes of Jackie Stewart, people that have campaigned in many ways, uh, certainly uh, they've been unpopular for doing so, for for developing cars. If you look at the Halo, for example, there have been so many mm. developments that, that have helped save so many drivers uh, and that I think we really should celebrate perhaps more than we do because I know that's obviously dramatic when, when, there's, when there's a crash or something similar. And you always want the guys to walk away, but you just think, thank God they have these things now. It's amazing that people have managed to have these kind of crashes and, and remained, you know, they haven't, you know, as a, entirely intact, for want of a better way of putting it, because these are incredible speeds. And I know that these guys are, you know, the best drivers out there, but there will always be instances, things that, that you can't, um, that you can't expect. Um, a, a tire falling off and, bouncing over the front of the nose cone, you know, anything like well, that. Things but, like uh, uh, Verstappen and Hamilton's crash at yes, Monza exactly. last year where it landed yeah, on yeah. his head. And uh, yes, watching well. Drive to Survive, the uh, the episode where Toto's back in the factory looking at the car and he said, you know, hands up, honestly, I was very, very opposed to the halo and I, I argued against it, but thank God I lost that argument. Yeah. Otherwise, it would be a very different story. I think we'd said in our uh, our little chat outside of this podcast, we'd said uh, Sid Watkins would be watching all this and, and yeah. very, very happy that actually most weekends he'd have very, very little work to do. Turn up, you're all right, yep, okay, out you get, that's it, fine. That that would be his job done uh, as far Sid, as Sid did some, uh, medical some delegate work. would go. I mean, the partnership between Sid and and uh, Jackie Stewart and, and to, to a slightly lesser degree, Ken Tyrrell, but and certainly the support of Bernie had changed everything for mm. Formula One drivers. I'd, I always remember Sterling saying that um, he used to reckon he'd go to a funeral every other week. It's astonishing. In the, it is in astonishing. In the 50s and 60s. You know, it was just, it was, fatalities were so common. But then, but then if you go back to the 20s and, and 30s, pre-war race cars as well, I mean, by today's standards, maybe not so quick, but a hell of a lot more dangerous. We... We managed to stop and get some photos on the track in the same place that uh, our company's founder had his his car had a, a fantastic photo which we've got up at work, and he sat there in um, a, a Talbot Largo uh, Type Twenty Two S, I think it is, which is still racing today in um, mm. in historic mm. series. And we put our little car there, and you know he was he, a small tin helmet is pretty much all he has, no belts, no nothing else. And you think if it goes wrong. You'd be if if you're lucky, you might be flung from the car out of its way. But well, that's that's what God most of them hoped you. for. Most of yeah. them hoped or believed that they were safer without seatbelts. The Man. chances, they, 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 their survival would be greater if they were thrown out. But um, I was rewatching uh, just recently with my grandson the '55 Le Mans accident, mm. and you know the, just the number of people that, that that died in that, and and. They didn't even stop the race. You know, I understand the reasons why they decided not to, but plus the yeah. driver Pierre Levé. Is that the one where the the car went into the the crowd yeah. just on the start yeah. finish straight? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the car essentially disintegrated, flew above the very limited catch fencing, and and shred uh, its way through the through the the assembled crowd. Um, mm. And the, you know that was what coincidentally took Mercedes out of uh, Formula One. Uh, and out of any sort of motorsport in 55. They withdrew from that race and then stayed out. 
And if you think this this was repeated for a number of years, if you think about rallying, even today, you can still get relatively close to the action, and it is yeah. dangerous. But yeah. when they they moved on to Group B again, when I was when I was very small, the RS two hundreds and all that kind of thing, then obviously the the whole series got cancelled because of the, the danger, not just to the drivers but to everyone around them. It it gets to a point of um, what what is the cost of the entertainment of it? I mean, we we get into cars and, and we pedal them around for fun. You know, we we do. Um, professional drivers do it for fun, for for money to an extent, but I, I think it's not the kind of thing you you get into because you want to make money at it. Because as we as we know, and as as something I'd never really appreciated as as a kid growing up, it's a hell of a lot of work, a hell of a lot of sacrifice, and a hell of a lot of fundraising to be able to go out there and race in the first place. Unless you're a Formula One driver, the rewards aren't necessarily so massive. I mean, they put a hell of a lot of work, and that is their that's their life. But for for drivers and other series in in rally in in touring cars, for example, you know we we know firsthand that these guys they give it everything. They a lot of them work regular jobs doing doing regular things to to get the money together to to be able to get out there and race. And it is something that you really want to do. But there's obviously there's obviously a risk. Where where do you draw the line? And I, I'm pleased that now things are that much safer, despite the, the obviously the inherent costs in doing so and the research and and maybe it, it does make things a little bit uh, a little bit more numb in some aspects, but I'd much rather that your heroes are able to come out again next week and, and you can see them racing. Right, so when you hear that somebody survived a, a 33G accident, you know, that's, you can not really think too greatly about that. You just have no parameters to judge that against. No. But when the human head weighs 33 times what it ordinarily does, then you thank God for hands and devices and halos and, Anything mm. that protects the driver. I mean, I have a massive head, so God knows how much that would weigh. If uh, it, it would be like a wrecking ball flying around, I think that thirty-three G must be must be roughly what a fly experiences. It, it hits your windscreen, I should think. <laughs> Shall we lighten the mood slightly and talk about uh, sunnier things or brighter yes. things at least? Let's Bright yellow things. Uh, the yes. Lotus. Electra, a bit of a, a change of pace from Lotus. I mean, Ooh, would, I saw uh, that. would Colin Chapman be turning in his grave at the yes. the sheer size and the weight of thing? I think yes, he would. To be fair, yeah. But let's let's caveat this with uh, well, okay, it's Lotus. It's not actually Lotus. Lotus. It's not Lotus Norfolk, is it? It's Lotus China. Lotus Coventry. Lotus Geely. Whoever. But if the money flows down and gets put back into Lotus, and it means they can carry on making sports cars, then Okay, fair enough. Let's allow it. It's quite a nice thing, though, isn't it? For one of them, anyway. It is. Let me first start by saying the only thing that's that big that has a Lotus battery in it previously was a race transporter. <laughs> However, I do... No, it's, it's, it is a big old beast. It's it? massive. My, my first thought was that it looked rather like a, a garishly painted World War II duke. You know, it's a similar shape at the front, and it's just, just hideously ugly. I'll take your word for it. I mean, to me... I, I actually quite like it. There's a bit of Urus about it, and there's a little bit of Ferrari or whatever it is it's called. I mean, we Port, I, Porter yeah, sponge. I mean, we, we all sit here and, and sort of quite happily slag off SUVs uh, just due to the them not being sporty, racy mm. little things. But I, I think, well, any minute now, both of our cars, mine and the wife's car, are going to be SUVs. Uh, but I've I've got an excuse because mine's just a tax dodge, really. If if there was a uh, a two seater 
low-slung sports car alternative in a similar benefiting kind bracket, I'd much rather have a one of them. So mm. ig- ignoring the uh, the two percent benefiting kind charge, yeah, we are going to be a, a two SUV family any minute now. They are going to make a four door version of this as well, aren't they? So they're starting with the SUV, which and we always say if you're going to have a one of them, I think it's, it's quite got four interesting. Doors to each side. No, no, I mean like a, a not just an SUV, is in a, a lower slung version. I believe. Oh, I see. There's going, yes, a sedan, a saloon, as we would call it. Um, but uh, that always confuses me is what you get. Oh, it's a five door hatchback. Well, no, it isn't, is it? Because there's two doors each side. So two plus two is it's four doors. Yes. Yeah, but the boot. Yeah, but it's not a door, it's a boot. If it has a front, does gate. that make it a six door hatchback? Yeah. That makes it. Yeah, I haven't really thought if, about if, this. If before. the boot is a door, the bonnet is a door. It's got to be, isn't it? If it's, if it's a luggage space, I'll drive a six door hatchback. I didn't see. There's about five meters long. That thing. It's huge. It's I, I didn't see how much it costs, it? though. Did you? Uh, well, I, I watched a video on it, and the guy kept uh, kept harping on about being affordable and far more mm. affordable. And uh, yes, definitely Relative affordable. Term. And and the the everyman EV. And uh, yes, far more affordable than uh, than a couple of other electric vehicles that uh, that Lotus have come out with recently. Uh, but it's a hundred thousand pounds. Is it? That's a lot of yes. money. I mean, so it's, it's it's all relative, but it's more affordable. Yes. But all EVs are a lot of money. There are some some pretty cool features, though. Um, I particularly like. I don't know if you saw this. This the self driving bit, the lidar or lidar, depending on who you listen to. The sensors, which on all the prototypes, bits and pieces, were always stuck on a roof rack and mounted to the bonnet and looked terrible. Actually, retract into the side of the car, like little pods. So they pop out over the arch when it's in self-driving mode and out of the roof, and then all retracts back in again. And there's, there's something. Yeah, a bit I saw that. Bit, that's quite clever. I quite like that. There's something mm. either a bit Airwolf or maybe maybe the the Night Rider Super Pursuit mode, where all the bits and pieces pop out of it, that appeals to my inner eighties child. I think late eighties. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's that's quite cool. There's some really nice features on it, and there's some very nice lines on it as well. The way that the air channels in through the bonnet and up and through the grill. And what I, looking at it though, what I really thought was, if this is going to be your everyday car, it's going to be filthy all of the time, because the air goes through from the wheels and then up across through the the doors, basically through the arches at the sides, along the side. Yeah, of the that, car. that car will have the dirtiest doors of any car known to man. Yes. Won't it? And you imagine the stone chips and things. So you're going to have to have it PPF to have the paint protection film put on it to begin, because otherwise you're going to drive it down the road. You're going to go through roadworks, which are pretty much every other road at the moment. It's A, going to be covered in tar, and B, going to be covered in chips. Um, And I don't mean the potato kind. I mean full-on covered in in paint chips. It's going to be a mess before too long. I'm just imagining now people sticking bits in the grills and things to try and stop that from happening. Because it's all very well and good having something like a, a Senna and having these bits and pieces open because it's it's there for a purpose. That's what you use it for. And I get the reason for having the aero on this, this EV. It looks cool, granted. But Lotus now seem to have moved more into the aero side of things than anything else. Because it's, it's not light, is it? It's whatever it is, however many thousands of tonnes. Um, they're going to measure it like they do boats shortly, I suspect. And even the sports cars now aren't that light, are they? In terms of, you think about classic Lotus. Um, so I think their design is being more guided by the aero. I think it will be their signature very soon. I think all their cars are going to look fantastic because they are such a fluid shape. You've only got to look at any of the supercars since 
probably the Ferrari 360, and they've got lower and wider and heavier, and they've had to be more powerful because they're just simply shifting more weight. Uh, whereas the 355 was was such a pretty car, still one of my favourite cars, but it's a pretty car. Uh, the 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 360 is not. It's it's just too much of it. You know, it's like mm. one and a half cars that you're moving. So yes, you need a lot more power just to keep the whole ball rolling, which is, it comes back to what we've been saying in the past about golf's getting fat and sluggish. Yes. Well, the, the Amira, which is obviously a sports car, and you think about the Exige and everything else that's disappeared, the Amira being the new one, I think is 1.4 tonnes, which seems like a lot to me. I mean, I know it's not really a lot in the grand scheme of things when you're talking about SUVs that weigh, what does yours weigh, like 2.2 tonnes or something, Jim? Yeah, it's two, a lot, two and a it? bit. I think it's, it's the big battery all-wheel drive. So yeah, just over two tons, which yeah, which like you that. don't really feel too much until you want it to change cool, direction quickly. Yeah. It's, it's okay in in a very long corner. I mean, it would go well around Goodwood, I reckon, because uh, mm. the corners are very long and very fast. So it would yep. be okay around there, I think. But uh, somewhere a bit mm. tighter and twistier. It's um yeah you can definitely feel there's that that extra momentum behind it and it relies a lot more on the electronic trickery to try and keep everything under control. So the Exige weighs around about a ton, and if you go for one with a big engine in it, so V six, then they're about one point one tons. So the Amir has moved on from that to one point four already, and I appreciate they've made it more of a GT car because let's face it, you don't get the fripperies of things like glove boxes, do you? In Lotuses generally or carpets, or anything else like that. I, I seem to remember them, A, being not massively expensive when I was younger, and B, having things like keep fit windows, or or what have you, because everything else was heavier. But we do seem to be moving further and further away from it, and I appreciate there's there's a need for that. And if you are going to use a car more for touring than you are for track, then it kind of makes a lot of sense. I did see a, a Lotus Super 7 that was coming up to auction shortly, an original, and it was, it was absolutely ridiculous money they were expecting for it. I think it was in the order of two hundred twenty thousand pounds, because it wow. was an original. Wow! Yeah, that's a lot. Was that the one? But that, to be fair, the, you could you could just buy a brand new one because they're exactly the same. You could yeah. buy a brand new Caterham. Yeah, but the Lotus, well, the Lotus Seven is is not the same. Well, well, they are. Though, they're, aren't they? they're not a million miles away, are they? They're, <laughs> they're not a million miles away, but they're not the same. And, well, and you know, I mean, this is if you're going to pre- prepare to pay anywhere near that sort of money, then then um, you know, you you obviously want. Um, Something which is rather more authentic than the Caterham is. I'm not knocking no, the Caterhams. I, I don't think I would. I think they've captured the spirit, but it, but it, nevertheless, it's not a Lotus Super Seven. It is. It's basically the same car, isn't it? I mean, it, 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 is, it is though, isn't it? It, it kind of, it kind of is. I mean, I, I think but it doesn't got a Lotus badge on it. I don't think it. Needs I may be it. being pedantic, here, but, but nevertheless, right? Well, of course, you could change that. You can change anything you want. But... Do you remember the Kia Elan, which was yeah, basically yeah, dro- the Lotus Elan? I drove a couple. Yes. It's the same car. This is what this is. The Lotus, the Lotus Seven, and the Caterham Seven are the same car. I bet you, if you picked off the badge that said, they're Caterham, exactly the same car. They're the same size. They I bet you could slap changed. it on top. Okay, there's a difference in power plant, but otherwise, I think <laughs> otherwise. they're about as pure as you can get. I don't think they are. There's, you know, the shocks are uprated. It's if you, I can't think of a single other car that hasn't evolved as little as as the Caterham from the Lotus. The Ford Fiesta that's gone backwards. Yes, but actually, it's it's gone backwards to the stage where now that I uh, hopped in our 
ST line Vignail, which is the, the supposed sporty top of the range model, because they now just combine ST sports technologies and Vignail luxury together in one, which I don't quite understand. And it was a design and, uh, house anyway, so it doesn't even make sense it being a luxury thing. No, it, doesn't it wasn't luxury, all. it was a design of it anyway. But I, uh, I got in it and, uh, and started it up and went to reverse it. And then A realised I'd forgotten to put some fuel in it and our fuel station was closed. That's awkward. And then B, I realised I uh, couldn't see a thing out of the mirrors because they were folded in. And I looked for the button to unfold them and there was no button to unfold them because they don't fold in on their own. I th- yeah, a but that's a chip odd. thing, isn't it? That's a chip thing rather than a cheapskating thing. It's not like uh, plastic door handles. It's a brand new top-of-the-range Fiesta. And right. And you have to fold the mirrors in and out yourself, which is a bit poor. And and our O2 plate hack that we have bought and named Nancy, the mirrors you have to fold in and out on their own. So for putting the chip shortage aside, I couldn't care less about that for a minute. It's brand new, it's top-of-the-range. And it costs something like £26,000. And the mirrors are exactly the same as a Fiesta that's 20 years old. It's a lot. Right, I interrupt this broadcast to bring you important news. It's on Wikipedia, so it must be true. And you can check this for yourself. The modern Kratom 7 is based on the Series 3 Lotus 7. Though developed to the point at which no part is the same as the original Lotus. (laughs) Well, why why did you have to say that? I stand well, in the Graham right. We've just spent the last 10 minutes going, yeah, but basically you're wrong. And then you've just pooed on our I, own We own. have just done uh, that. But possibly, possibly, because I'm a little older, I have actually driven both. Fair enough. <sighs> I, I, I still maintain that it's basically the same car. In the same way that the original 1959 Mini was the same as the year 2000 Mini. Because actually they weren't the same. And I'm not sure that very many parts from that carried over. Because let's think the back panels were all different. The side panels are different because of the way that the hinges and everything are. The front panel was different as well because of the way the grille was. Updates in the subframe and the suspension. Although you might have still had an A-series, then you had a single-point injection and a multi-point injection. Yeah, this I could go on and this would be very boring for everybody, except for maybe people that are as geeky as I am about minis and things. And where's Dave when you need him? Um, anyway, <laughs> D- D- Dave likes going into the detail, and I appreciate that because he is my kind of man. But the point is, the original, the very original Mini, the 1959 Mini, it was not really the same as the 2001 Mini in the same way that the original Lotus 7 is not the same as the Caterham 7. To my mind, they are basically the same thing, even though they're not the same in pretty much any regard. And I'm trying to think what bits did carry over from the very original ones. And I'm sure someone will tweet us and tell us or messages or whatever we are at UK Motor Talk everywhere. Tell me which bits are carried over from the very original Mini to the very end of the line, which was about 2001. Um, so I very nearly bought one. One of the very, one of the last 50, in fact, and was explicitly forbade to doing so by my mother, which was a, which is a big mistake because it'd be worth a lot of money now. And I would have loved was it, it. Was it just for the simple fact that she didn't want you to crash in it? Because the, uh, yes, the crumble zone in the front of a Mini is your right ankle, isn't it? That's right. That's yep. what goes first yep. and absorbs yep. the impact from the engine. Uh, and due to the unique way in which the, the steering and everything else is in the Mini, um, when it does squash up, of course, the steering wheel sort of rotates. like It's almost, it's, it, people say it's bus-like, but it's kind of like holding a pizza in front of you. Um, so that sort of then just slowly squashes into your squishy bits at your midsection. Um, so it would be uncomfortable to crash in. And yes, she was quite worried that I would do that, but it would have been a fantastic thing. It was beautiful. It was blue with a silver roof. 
silver mirrors, had a little plaque inside the glove box telling you what number it was. I forget which number. And I can't remember if it was... I was tempted to say it was a 51 play, but it couldn't have been. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm disappearing off the middle. It was about seven and a bit grand back then. And I suppose on daydreams of classic minis, which, are, let's face it, I probably won't ever be able to afford now. because, And if you did, you wouldn't be able to use it because you'd be constantly guilty about it getting wet and then falling apart. I guess it's probably time to end. So on that note, from me, it's goodbye. And from me, it's goodbye. And from me too, it's goodbye. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> UK Motor Talk, a first take media production. Follow your dreams. <laughs>